Hey everyone, today on the Thriller 101 podcast, we are gonna talk about how to create an engaging hook for your thriller, suspense, mystery, or crime fiction novel. Different genres have different rules and expectations for what readers are looking for. So in today's episode, we're gonna talk about some of the things you can do in your opening pages to help hook agents, readers, and publishers. In this episode, I'm gonna be sharing the five things that need to be in your hook if you wanna grab and hold on to readers' attention. Through the interview series, I have been fortunate enough to be able to ask authors, agents, and publishing experts to spill their secrets. Now, I'll be sharing some of the things I've learned about writing a top-notch hook for your novel. The first step to creating an engaging hook for your story is understanding what a hook is and how it can help your story. A hook is an important story device that you're gonna use to grab your reader's attention and keep them engaged in your story right from the beginning. It's going to be the thing that grabs an agent, publisher, or reader's attention, and it's gonna propel them through your story. When I talked to Carleen Geisler of Art House Literary, she said this about hooking an agent. So for as far as like the query first pages, make sure something's happening and make sure it's something that is in tone with your story. And it's kind of setting up what kind of story is going to It doesn't have to set up the story, but it has to set up what kind of story we are about to see. So the key to creating a successful hook is that it needs to be integral to your story. It needs to be something that will genuinely interest your reader and make them want to find out more and gives them a flavor of what to expect through the rest of your novel. Remember, they picked up your story for a reason. You want to give them what they're looking for. Before we get to the list, a quick disclaimer. Not all of these tips will apply to all stories. Take what works for you and serves your story and leave the rest behind. This is going to be an ongoing series where I'm sharing some of the common things I see in hooks, but it's by no means an exhaustive list. So here's what to include in your thriller novel hook. Number one, introductions, please. Introduce your main character and the world they live in. More on this next week when we dive into how to write the setting in the opening of your novel but you want to really immerse readers directly into the story. You don't have to start out with a car chase to make a splash. In fact, that can sometimes work against you if you start on too much of a high. Instead, think of tension within the character's day-to-day life. Show readers who your character is and hint at what they're up against. This is also a great place to introduce a flaw. Thriller characters are historically flawed in some significant way. It's these flaws that make the characters more memorable, realistic, and ultimately loved by readers. So show us how flawed your character is. It'll only make us love them more. Number two, a sense of urgency. You want to create a sense of urgency in a reader. This doesn't have to be directly related to your main conflict, but it should be indicative of the kind of story you're writing. Think about pacing. Think about setting a timeline. So here are three ways to create a sense of urgency in readers. Sure, go ahead and introduce the main conflict. It works in a lot of stories. Gone Girl is a good example of this. His wife's missing. Where'd she go? And why is Nick Dunn acting so stinking weird about it? Number two, use a typical day with ratcheted up tension to show what your character goes through on a daily basis, but still with some added tension. This type of conflict should work parallel to your story. If your main character is a detective, you can have them out there detecting stuff. They might not yet be on the case that makes up the main conflict of the story, but this will serve to showcase their flaws, skills, and even the premise of the story. Remember, readers picked up your book for a reason. Give them what they want. 
Aaron Philip Clark did this in his novel Blue Like Me. And if you're curious about how he went about opening his novel, here's a quick clip of him talking about it. There's a, a small outlining process that I do, and it's basically bullet points. And so when I'm thinking about these scenes, especially if it's like an opening scene, like a set piece, then I'm really thinking in terms of kind of the structure of how it's going to go. So within that scene, I think in thirds, there's going to be this beginning, middle, and end in terms of how, how it's structured. And then I also think, what are we going to get out of it as the reader? What is going to be revealed in terms of character? Because you could write a fight scene and yeah, it could be the greatest thing ever, right? Just in terms of like the action level of it, but we should still get something out of it as a reader. How a character engages in, in a fight or how a character uses different tactics says so much about them. Let's pause there for just a second. Are you looking for more full requests in 2024? If you are, I'm doing a free five-day mini course to make your hook irresistible to literary agents. In this email mini course, I use the knowledge I've learned from interviewing over 50 writers, literary agents, editors, and other industry professionals to show you how to entice agents to request more. I'll share actionable steps to help you craft a hook, set the perfect tone, use your setting to your advantage, introduce your character with a bang, hint at your conflict, and so much more. If your goal is to land a literary agent in 2024, don't miss this five-day mini course. It will help you polish those opening scenes and make agents and readers hungry for more. The link for that mini course is in the description, so go check that out at the end of this episode. Number three, so when creating a sense of urgency, the third thing you can do is a typical day, but with a major disruption. If your character is a regular person with a regular job, have them go about their day, but then disrupt their flow. How they react to that disruption will tell us a lot about them as a character. Bonus points if you can give them a disruption that mimics or parallels the main conflict. The disruption really could be the main conflict. Brooke Robinson's debut, The Interpreter, did a nice job of disrupting a normal day in a way that delivered on the premise. An interpreter, while still dabbling in the main conflict, personal struggles of trying to adopt a child. The opening chapter for your debut in particular, I would say you want it to be noisy. And, and so by that, I mean something that's going to attract attention and that's different in some way. So I guess, you know, mine was a little bit inbuilt as in, I think from the first chapter, you know, anyone reading it will go, okay, right. So this is a crime thriller, but the interpreter is the main character. This I haven't seen. So you want something they haven't seen before. I, and I think it's kind of okay if 90% is conventions that we're familiar with. In fact, it's good. You know, you, you certainly want a, a certain amount of familiarity because that's why we like genre fiction. But I would say really be clear and identify the one noisy, using inverted commas with my fingers, noisy trait that you've got that's going <laughs> to get attention because we haven't seen that before. I would say that's the number one. Also, I mean, primarily, what are we trying to do with an opening? We're trying to hook someone in. So I think you have to raise questions, at least one question, one big question. There should be some reason for readers to keep reading. Keep asking yourself, what's at stake during the first scene? Let that question guide whether or not you have the right opening. Remember, if you're writing a thriller, mystery, suspense, or crime fiction, even though these are related genres, this could look different for each. 
I'm going to be doing a more in-depth post about each of these hooks, so stay tuned for that. If you haven't already hopped on my email list, do that now, link in the description. Okay, so now that we have our introduction to our character, we have some sense of urgency here. Now we want to be thinking about number three, which is an opposing force. Introduce an opposing force. This doesn't have to be your antagonist necessarily. If it is, J.M. Ellen gave an absolute masterclass in development of antagonists and thrillers. The, the simple cheat is give them something that they care about. So it can be a lover, a kid, a dog, or whatever. Something that they care about that's not the, the goal that they have, you know. That's a real quick, easy one to do. And the second one is just interesting characteristics. So what I think about it a lot is like the things that they enjoy, like music. So the classic ones we have are a really brutal, aggressive villain, you know, especially in films, we have them like listen to something aggressive, like hip hop or heavy metal or heavy rock or something like that. Or the Bond villains go the other way. They listen to classical music and they're a sophisticated villain. So I like to do something weird and off kilter. Like they really like soul or disco or something like that. Something that's unexpected. So check that out if you haven't already. But to create tension, you're going to want something pushing against your main character. This might just be time or a coworker or an unruly child who just won't get dressed for school. It could be personal pressures, an argument with a spouse, or professional conflict, an argument with a coworker or a boss. My only tip is that it's fun to think about this force as a microcosm for your main conflict. How can this conflict mirror the main conflict of your story? How can it tell us more about your character? What obstacles will your character inevitably have to face? This can just be a bit of foreshadowing, or it can start the actual premise of your story. Sometimes it will involve sharing a flaw your character has that they need to overcome in order to be successful. But remember, instead of telling readers about the flaw, make sure you show it. Okay, so one way to do this is to go way, way back to the main conflicts in really any story. And think about how these conflicts look in thriller, mystery, and suspense novels. One, person versus person. Let's start off with maybe the most popular conflict in thrillers. It involves your main character facing off against a formidable antagonist. This might take the form of a criminal, a powerful rival, a villain, or really any character whose goal or actions work in opposition to that of your protagonist. Two, person versus self. Internal conflict is essential in thriller novels. I'd argue that as much as person versus person exists in so many thrillers, it's just as important to use a character's internal struggles to add complexity to the story. Force your protagonist to grapple with inner demons, doubts, and of course moral dilemmas. Make them question their own actions and their choices. Making them grapple with their own decisions will also make your readers do the same. All that work adds depth to your narrative. Person versus environment or nature. I've seen this conflict growing in the speculative and environmental thriller subgenres. Here, characters are pitted against the elements, the environment, or the natural world in some way. I like to think of the novel Annihilation. I know a lot of people think of it as horror as opposed to thriller, but I think it's a good example of how person versus nature or environment can work. Person versus government or society. A popular conflict among political or espionage thrillers. This clash can happen between the protagonist and a corrupt government, a powerful organization, or even just societal norms. In stories like this, the protagonist might uncover conspiracies, expose corruption, or defy an oppressive regime. Person versus time. Everyone loves a race against the clock. While your official time crunch might happen later in the story, your hook might hint at a looming time crunch, or, depending on the plot, 
could show your character up against some time pressure. Maybe they even fail or panic this first time around. This will add higher stakes and more tension when they're up against the main conflict of the story because readers will remember how they panicked and failed. Bonus points if they fail because of their flaw. That way, later, they can overcome the flaw so they can successfully navigate the time crunch. Protagonists might be forced to race against the clock to prevent a disaster, solve a mystery, or rescue someone. But a countdown will always add a sense of urgency, and that will keep readers on the edge of their seats. Your hook needs to hint at what type of conflict the story will have. While it should be clear to readers through your premise, try to introduce and tease at the conflict. That way, you're giving readers the vibes they're looking for. Remember, it's all about keeping readers reading, so give them a taste of what they want and they'll hang out for more. Number four, a microcosm for your conflict. Okay, this is my semi-controversial take on opening scenes in your novel. I think the best openings serve as a microcosm for your main conflict, thinking about how the opening scene can be this small little version of your overall plot. So what do I mean by this? Well, let me give you an example. Imagine your story's premise is this. Your character is a mother and a lawyer. She represents the worst criminals in her city, and she does this to make sure that her daughter has a quality lifestyle. One day, she helps a particularly nasty criminal get off on a technicality. Then she goes to pick up her daughter, and her daughter's nowhere to be found. Over the course of the story, she has to piece together the clues left behind about where her daughter is while using the advice of the criminal underbelly that she defends to try to find out what happened to her daughter. So if that's your story, think about what readers want to see. They want to see your character doing lawyer things. So your opening might show your main character in court, getting the criminal out of trouble, showing her skills, intelligence, and determination in that opening scene. The fact that she's helping people get away with terrible things will also help mirror and foil the fact that she hopes to get her own daughter back unharmed. On the way out of the courtroom, maybe she has a run-in with the family who is affected by the criminal's wrongdoing. She brushes it off, revealing her flaw, that she's callous and numb to the work she does, while also creating tension between her and that family. Right off the bat, you've got a built-in suspect. Then, at the end of page five, she finds out her daughter is missing. What does she do? How does she react? This will tell us a lot about her as a character. Here's where you decide if you want to throw in a wrinkle. Does she call the cops, or does she receive a note saying no cops? At the end of page 10, she gets a note or text from a blocked number asking her to do something impossible if she wants to get her daughter back. See how the opening introduces the character with movement, courtroom drama, leaving the courtroom, going to get her daughter, etc. But it also shows us how this character is going to take on the challenge in front of her. How she handles the courtroom and seeing the victim's family after will tell us who she is. This opening serves as a microcosm, someone trying to get away with something while other people try to stop him. In our protagonist's case, the rest of the book has her switching from defending criminals to the lawful, getting her daughter back, by using unlawful acts, help from the criminals she's defended. If you think of it like that, you already have a lovely theme to play with over the course of the story. If you want another example, in an interview with Brooke Robinson, she talked about how she did this in her amazing debut novel, The Interpreter. That's kind of how I like to think of opening chapters is you want to show your character making a decision, at least one decision. And ideally you want those, the two choices that they have to, to not be that great. You know, you want them to be kind of bad and worse. So in my opening chapter, you know, and it's a relatively small thing, Ravel 
needs to go into court to interpret for a really big case. She's trying to adopt a child. The, the preschool has rung up and said, no, look, he's sick. You have, to, you have to take him today. And she can't take him into court. And the way her life is, she doesn't have anyone that can take care of him. So it, it sounds small, but obviously for her, and as you've said, it's the personal versus the professional challenges in her life. And neither choice is good. You know, she, she's either going to leave her son who she's trying to adopt or potentially this huge case at the Old Bailey won't go forward today, which is enormous as well. So, yeah, that, that's sort of always my approach to opening chapters. You want your character to make a choice, to have to make a choice, and there's no good answer available to them. And number five, my last one here, leave them wanting more. This one is the big one. Always leave readers wanting more. Be careful not to tie your first chapter up in a bow. Find a way to hint at worse things to come. Or if it's a mystery that needs solving, keep it open. Don't solve it unless you're going to introduce another conflict immediately. Did you notice that in the example I shared, I told you what I'd put on page five and page 10? Did you wonder why I was being so specific? Most agents ask for the first five or 10 pages, which means you should have something at those page marks that make them want to keep reading. You don't want your hook to read like a short story. I've read opening chapters where writers introduce a small conflict, solve it, and give too clean a resolution. Be careful that you're not cleaning up everything for agents, publishers, and readers. Leave loose ends so they have to keep reading. And don't forget to check out the free five-day mini course to make your hook irresistible to literary agents. Link is in the description. You don't want to miss that. I'll see you next time.